Hey, what's up? Welcome to <laughs> welcome to hey, Quarter Twins Week Review, the podcast with only one question: what, what have What have we done? You know what I mean, guys? What have we done? Uh, this is Quarter Twins Week Review. Um, we are going to be. This is our Barbenheimer special, uh, the biggest Woo. event of all of the years of cinema. It might be the last movies we ever see, uh, because. The actors and writers are still on strike, and studios are like, well, I guess we'll delay movies forever. Yeah. So that's happening, but we're talking about the two biggest movies of all time. Mm-hmm. They've mm-hmm. done very well Barbie and Oppenheimer. A smash uh, we're hit. Be, we're literally going to spoil everything. One of these things is a real story that actually happened in the world. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's look not up. much to spoil. Uh, you probably uh, were taught this subject matter in school potentially it's possible it's possible we read it in a book somewhere um, and then barbie is a movie about barbie and we're the gonna barbie. spoil it i guess the barbie the barbie barbie tell all Margot robbie herself <clears throat> spoilers ahead uh you can avoid those using the handy time codes if i remember to put them in which uh, sometimes Ooh. i don't uh and sometimes i forget to post an entire episode but you know what it's whatever sometimes we just <laughs> we're like eh yeah, no, Not this no. week. I'll post it. I'll post it today. And so it's whatever. You okay. might have listened to it by the time you listen to this, but probably not. Yeah, You'll probably knows? just listen to this one. July 21st. The biggest day of the year. Barbenheimer. Barbie and Oppenheimer release simultaneously in theaters. <laughs> On the Thursday, technically. But um, the, the world was buzzing. The box office was humming. And the movies were good. It's still humming, yeah. It's, it's so popping off, we should say. It's popping off, if <laughs> Absolutely you Absolutely popping off. Yeah. yeah. So I got tickets to go see Barbie first, and then Oppenheimer. We go... To the theater. It's at the mall. Okay. <laughs> All right. It you is. You went to a mall theater. Straight up. But uh, no, it's like it's like the it's like the it's like the the center of this mall is this beautiful. I see. Out this theater, right? And the the yeah, mall beautiful. is like built around it. I see. I see. It's the it's the focal point. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you will. And nucleus. So, <laughs> nucleus. Yes. Um, so we, we get there. You know, we got, we got 10 minutes, 15 minutes before the movie starts. You know, just enough time yeah, yeah. to uh, get, our, get our concessions, get our icy. We do the icy now. Um, oh, you do the icies, huh? Yeah, we're into the icies now. So um, That's a good choice. It's a yeah. solid choice. And um, so we go get the parking situation, okay? We pull up. Get the no parking, parking situation. There's no parking. <laughs> oh, Place no. is full. Okay. I mean, it's Barbenheimer, dude. Barbenheimer. The, uh, uh, the invent okay. of the century. I underestimated the universe. Uh, this is my bad. Yes. So, <laughs> we get there. There's no parking. We go to the back. Right. There's no parking. We go to right. the parking garage. There was parking. We had to go all the way to the very, very top in the very, very upper corner. The very top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, 
before I get to this part, the actual parking spot, there was a parking spot that this guy, he's walking to his car, and I stop. I'm like, oh, are you getting in your car? And he was like. You roll down your window. Hey! Yeah, he, he kind of gives, gives me the little point. He's like, you know? And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Give me that spot. And he's like, oh, yeah, cool. me, 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 me. And so he, he pulls out, and he's out. And then I'm like, I'm going to back in. Because this parking lot's <laughs> full of cars. Oh, no. Let me back in. He does the back in. And so what? here, here I go. I, I pull oh, no. up. I pull up. And I start to go. And then I back up. There's a curb. I didn't go nearly far <laughs> enough to get like my car backed in. I went like yeah. head first and then ba- tried to back in. And there's no room. <laughs> and then there's a car behind me. And there's a car behind them. And there's a car in front of me now. And I'm... Like sandwiched in between these curbs, oh, and no. I have to do like a five point turn, and I just left. And I, I was like, I can't do this. I'm, I, I'm too embarrassed. Ah, I have to. I have this to one's abandon. not gonna fit. Yeah, I have to abandon the spot. Meanwhile, I'm in can't the fit. tiny Honda Fit. I can't fit the okay. Fit in here. That car will fit anywhere. Okay, that's why they called it that. Yeah, exactly. Honda and fit you can anywhere. Fit everything inside at the same time. You pop, you pop those back seats down. It has more room in it. Than a than a forester, okay. <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> you you'd be surprised. I've been in that car. I would be surprised. Yeah. Anyway, so then we go to the I parking garage. Down. We go all the way to the top floor, and then we find in the corner what could have been a parking spot. <laughs> um, and we parked there. No tickets or anything. It was fine. But yeah, the, one of those like it kind of looks like a parking spot. It was a parking spot. Maybe for some dumpsters. Sure. <laughs> but there were no dumpsters there, so I put my car there. There were no dumpsters there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. The Honda Fit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Fit anywhere. <laughs> exactly. So we go, we, we go down the stairs. Meanwhile, you know, people are walking through every which way, getting in and out of cars, walking through the whole area, getting to the mall. All the girls are in, everybody's stuff. in pink. and Everyone <laughs> is dressed up. Pastels yeah. and pinks. Okay, I'm Are we getting dressed. a picture of your outfit right now? Um, it's but there's potential I could okay. recreate. I would love a picture to of see that your outfit. for you. Yeah, um, I'm wearing a white button up with two cans on it and pink shorts that I bought at H and M on clearance for five dollars. If you can believe <laughs> Whoa. it, what a steal! This guy, what a okay. steal! If you're going to buy pink shorts, they might as well be $5. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're telling me. Um, so I'm ready. And uh, we get in, and we got the Regal Regal uh, Cinema Pass, whatever it's called. Regal Cinema Pass AMC Subs A-list, but Regal. Wow, yeah. And uh, so we, we go to the mobile online order line, right? Yeah, yeah, Mind yeah, yeah. you, the entire theater is full. The whole lobby yes. is full. Every I'm line, aware, yeah. all the way to the back. Everybody's yep. hopping. It's happening. Life is being lived in this building, you guys. And how close are you to showtime at this point? We are 10 minutes late, <laughs> okay, when we get okay. into the theater. We get our icy, we get our popcorn, and we get into the movie, and it's playing the clip where Ken has, he's like sitting, and he's like, 
my job is just beach. Like that's the first thing I heard when I walked into the theater. Uh. So I we missed like at least 10 15 yeah. minutes of the movie. Dang. That sucks. And then we sat down the p- theater everyone is there. Uh, everybody's yeah, everybody. there. Margot Robbie is there. No. <laughs> uh no. Ryan Gosling is right there. I see. Ryan I Gosling sat, sat next to me. Um but no, we the theater was full. We watched Barbie. It was a great time. Um we left the theater, we got dinner, and then we came back for Oppenheimer. Everybody's still here, but now everybody's quiet. Everybody's focused. <laughs> Serious. Everybody's yeah. somber. And we go to the 70 millimeter. Yeah, you do. Uh, IMAX screening of Oppenheimer at 10 p.m. Let's go. No <laughs> previews. That's right. I heard We that. said in there. 15 minutes later, 10.15, the movie just starts. Oh, my gosh. And it's, it's time. And then... They're in it. We played... They played the movie, and it was amazing, and my That's life good. changed forever. It's a long movie. I mean, at 10.15 yeah. p.m., you're getting out of there, you know, three hours from then. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that so is the runtime like, of the film. That's pretty late. <laughs> yeah. That's a long, so. that's a long time to stay awake. Yeah, that Valley was my tonight. that was my Barbenheimer experience. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can get into the specifics, and, uh, but yeah, I told I told you the debacle of me getting into the movie theater, um, the cash registers. Yes, um, yes. But yeah, packed theater. I went into uh, on Oppenheimer. I saw Oppenheimer first on Saturday. Um, packed, yeah, packed theater. I sat. Um, I sat. Like in where I usually like to sit. Like I got my ticket pretty early, so I got my center seat. You nice. know, a little bit front like row, center, but a little bit, but one row up from very center, one one row closer to the screen. Okay, than center. That's where I like to be. Um, and I'm sitting in a row, just like all of the like everybody to my left. Is like girls in their in like sixteen to eighteen years of age, mm-hmm. all dressed in pink. But this is Oppenheimer, right? Yeah. So <laughs> we watch Oppenheimer first, and then at the end, like the girl next to me, like looked at all of her friends. She was like, she was just like, "Wow, let's go see Barbie now." <laughs> it was just like, "Let's go," <laughs> you know. It's Barbie time. Like I was, it's Barbie time. I did. I. I at, in that moment, I was like, "Man, I wish I was going to see Barbie right now, but yeah. I needed to go home." Um, and yeah, my my uh, my letterboxed review was just me ranting about how cool it is that this whole thing. I think it's it's, it's worth noting that the whole Barbenheimer thing, like it had like the studios, the studios didn't do any of that. Like yeah. it was purely just. Well, Greta like, people, and Margot did buy tickets to go see Oppenheimer. They did, yes, but Nolan and. Uh, Killian, we're like, no, we're not like, nah, (laughs) there's no Uh, need. Like, if the studios had tried to like conjure up this, which studios will be doing this now, like, we'll be trying to conjure up, like, get this, try to replicate this phenomenon as they always try to, and it will never, it will fail because once it, once it feels like they're trying to, once they're trying to market something Mm -hmm. to you like that, it's like, we're not doing that. Whatever, this is dumb, yeah. But it was just this weird. Uh, uh, congruency of just thought and like f- excitement for 
like no real reason to be excited for for one person to be excited for Barbie and another person to be excited for a, mo- a movie about J. Robert Oppenheimer and be like, yeah, let's make this a double feature. Like, yeah. <laughs> you you almost can't get two different, more different films, you know? Right. Uh, and in a way, just, two very similar films. Uh, that's, yes. <laughs> that is true. Strangely. They, strangely, they make a, a pretty good pairing. They really right? do. There's some sort really of do. weird magical yeah, yeah, thing yeah. happening that they've linked these movies together forever it's crazy like they released on the same day and that was like the thing that people got initially hooked on was like yeah. oh that's funny and then it turned into this whole thing um but yeah it's a beautiful thing to see packed theaters and people just excited like people people my age and younger going to see an r-rated three-hour biopic about j robert oppenheimer mm-hmm. directed by christopher nolan scored by Ludwig Gorenson and people being like, wow, that was awesome. Yeah. And award-winning, I'm sure, performance from Robert Downey oh. Jr. And Killian and Murphy. And Killian Murphy, uh, absolutely. Uh, and then immediately leaving that room and going into the next room and seeing a movie called Barbie, about Barbie starring some amazing actors and just mm-hmm. having a grand old time, but also like makes you, uh, also makes you think about things and right. leaves you with an emotional impact as well. And that's just the beauty of film. You know what I it's mean? It's beautiful. Like, you can, you can have... Art is not limited to people who are like, oh, the world's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also not limited to, like, oh, the world is really, really beautiful and fun, but also sad sometimes. And all that. Like, it's, you can have... It's, it's a beautiful thing. It's everything. Thing. Yeah. It's Art everything. Art is what you make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Art is what you make it. Yeah. Um, so, let's talk about them individually, shall yes. we? Well, which one do you want to talk about first? Um, I thought we would do Barbie first. Barbie first. Let's do it. Okay. Pull up the letterboxed reviews. <laughs> Pull up the letterboxed reviews. Um, I, I, was, I was not as enthusiastic as potentially you and yes. many others. I wasn't not like, it's not that I didn't like it. I just wasn't quite at the level as everybody else, I feel sure. like. So. I'll tell you right your, now. This, this what was one, your experience? This one has ruminated on me. When I saw it initially, I thought that was a good movie. I had fun. Uh, it made me think that was good. And then, uh, you know, we go to Twitter, we go to TikTok, and I get this. Um, I started getting all these videos of girls, women, like a big wall of pink text talking about. Mm their perspective on the movie and how they thought about the film and how it made them feel and what it made them think about and all this stuff. And it, all of these things that struck me, I was like, wow, it's so cool that people have individual thoughts and feelings about this movie. Uh, (laughs) Perspectives that I don't have that show me um, how this movie affected other people. And it was like, wow, this is a, this is truly amazing. Like I love that this, medium uh, that I enjoy so much has affected so many people so quickly, so much. Yeah. And like, maybe the movie's not for me specifically, but it has a lesson that everybody can learn and everybody can relate to in some way. And that on its own, on the surface level is truly amazing. So I was happy that I was happy enough just for that. 
For sure. So, yeah. That it was just it was beautiful to see. Yeah, and I think like I I think I texted you like the the number of like quote normal people who like haven't gone to the theater in since they were kids mm-hmm. like that I just like I've heard talking about like going to see Barbie and even Oppenheimer like this these two movies have brought so many people back to the back to the theaters yeah um which is awesome just in itself but for them both to be like like it, I think it would be a little bit different if it was like if like Barbie was like the girl movie and the like quote boy movie was like some action movie or whatever that like and if they were if they both were just like kind of cash grab like triage if they were like if it was like friggin transformers rise the beast and like trolls world tour or whatever you know (laughs) (laughs) it's like (laughs) it would be it would be a little bit different but like since these like two movies are like that are two great examples of like artistic uh, ability and like artistic passion like two directors that love film um and a full cast that love like their craft and everything Mm-hmm. Or even if it was like an MCU movie, like not not to say that those movies aren't like aren't well made sometimes, but like sometimes it was it's just really cool that these movies have done so well, and so many people have gone to see them. Mm-hmm. And like uh, movies are still good, <laughs> so I think people are like a lot of people are like uh, we can just watch it on TV someday. Yeah, but the theater experience, being in a room with a packed theater, guys, mm-hmm. it's a thing. That matters to some people. To <laughs> some people. Me. I like it. It was funny because like... the room is packed. I was excited that the room was full and like there was energy in the theater, you know? Yeah. But then yeah. at the same time, like um, Barbie says, do you ever think about dying or whatever? Do you ever think about death? And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. someone in the theater, this... I don't even know. She was like 14 maybe. Um, she's like, I do. And everybody's like, ha ha, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, jeez, like, ugh. Everybody get out. I, yeah. I need to watch this alone. I can't do this. Yeah. So. It's definitely, it can definitely be 50-50 with people you're with. Yeah. It, it can be a bad experience for sure. I've had bad. Right. But like, I've when I saw, when I saw Endgame for the first time, it was perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People only clapped like once when Captain America picked up the hammer. It was perfect. I was like, oh, yes, yeah. good. Thank you for not... Because like I've, nice. seen, I've seen theater reactions where people are just yelling and screaming Standing the entire up and fight. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> yeah. sit down. Yeah, it's, You're crazy. It's, not, it's insane. I it's don't too like much. that sort of thing. Yeah. It nobody nobody say any words. Just be like, I want to... I wanna, like, if, we, if you went to Star Wars The Last Jedi, right... And Admiral mm. Holdo flies the ship through the thing, and it's silent. And you hear a bunch of people go, ooh. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'd be like, please, go away. Come on. Yeah. I hate it. But yeah. But, um, yeah, my theater for Barbie was pretty, was pumped. It was, it's a very funny movie, uh, so there was definitely laughter and stuff, but people mm-hmm. were pretty, uh, pretty chill. Um. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, Ryan Gosling is like my favorite actor, I think. Uh, Blade Runner 2049. Blade Runner uh, A really good film. Uh, my favorite movie of all time right now. My second favorite movie of all time right now. <laughs> uh, he's amazing, and he's amazing in this movie as Ken. Uh, 
Yeah, I I loved like everything with Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling and the whole like supporting cast of Barbies and Kens. Like mm-hmm. it it literally they're they're it's imp- I can't even imagine a world where they could make a better version of that stuff. Like yeah. I feel like this is, it's as good as it could possibly be. Like it's just it's great. They nailed it first. So like the set design, like they made freaking Barbie World, and it looks like a like a place you can go. You know, right. <laughs> it looks incredible. It looks like a theme park almost because it's like not, it looks like you're, it's like a world, but it's toys. You know, they mm-hmm. did such a good job. Everything's toys. All the food is plastic and the water is plastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, it's great. Or the, their water, like she goes under the shower head and she's like showering, but there's no actual there's water. No water. It's funny, man. Uh, all that stuff is great. Um, and, but yeah, the reason I, I like, there's like if if Oppenheimer is like 100% perfect, Barbie is like 90% perfect and there's 10% of like the Will Ferrell stuff and the stuff like not even the stuff in the real world, it's just Will Ferrell's character and his goons and their building and the implications of them mm-hmm. that I just didn't vibe with because it's like they Barbie and Ken the whole thing is that they they have to go to the quote real world, right? They have to go right. to the real world because Barbie is like she's becoming weird. Barbie, like she's experiencing like all of these things that Barbies don't experience, like thoughts of death and depression, and her feet are flat and this sort mm. of thing. Um, <clears throat> and the cellulite joke, which Amazing okay, joke. if I'm gonna nitpick, which like. Everybody knows I don't like comedy movies that much. Well, sometimes I don't like comedy movies. I don't choose to consume comedy through movies. It's whatever. <laughs> it's the thing that I say a lot. Uh, because a lot of times in movies, it is, like in this one, like they'll have a funny joke about cellulite, and then they'll say it again, and then they'll do the joke again, and then they'll do the joke again. And they'll like, like they do the cellulite joke like four or five times. Yeah. And it stopped being funny. For me, you know, that, this is all, that's very subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, they do that a lot. Like the beach off joke goes on for a little bit too long for me. Like it's really funny, and then it keeps kind of going. Um, and anyway, so stuff like that. Like just the 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 way that I like comedy to be was like a little bit wasn't quite vibing with me. Mm-hmm. But then, so they go to the they have to go to the real world to find the girl who's playing with Margot Robbie's Barbie form. It's a very it's a very interesting world. <laughs> I like it. It's a, it, it's a it's fun idea. Set up. But they go to the to the real world Mattel, which is a big building with Mattel on the side of it. Mm-hmm. And it's a normal building at first. And then they go up to the top floor where, where Will Ferrell is. And it, his office is like, uh, like weird rainbow. looking. And then it's like rainbow and whatever. Um, and apparently like they... I don't. I don't have a problem with any of this. This is not my problem. Like, it's a magical, made-up world. So it's like, Mattel has created an actual Barbie world where Barbies exist, and the decisions that they make in the real world affect Barbie world, but also vice versa. Like, if things are popular in Barbie world, that's what sells well to kids in the right. real world. You know, like the Mojo um, Dojo Casa House. The Mojo Dojo Casa House. Yes. Uh, and so Will Ferrell's character, so my problem with it is they go to the real world and, and people are being real humans. And there's a lot of like 
part of the movie is critiquing the real world and its treatment of women. Mm-hmm. And so like it's a, it has an actual critique to our real world. But then you go into the quote real world Mattel office and these and Will Ferrell and his goons are acting just as strangely and cartoonish as the as the Barbies and Kens of Barbie world. Mm-hmm. Right? They're like they're saying things and doing things that real people wouldn't do. Like they're chasing Margot Robbie through the office really slowly. And like it's funny, and like the cubicle space is huge. And then there's a hallway with like doors that lead to this alternate ghost, ghost <laughs> alternate dimension, and ghosts. And it, it was like it just really like took me out of it because I wasn't expecting it. Because I was like, we're in the real world, but it's this thing that's happening. It was yeah. just a whole like I don't know. Mattel it very clearly com- has like a portal to another dimension, and Will Ferrell and his goons yes. have lost touch with reality. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that that aspect of the film. Just like I feel like distracted me, mm. so it was just like it didn't it didn't coalesce into a into a cohesive experience. If I can wow. say that. Uh, yeah. So that's like that's why it wasn't quite perfect for me. Yeah. But at the same time, that's like ten percent in the movie, and everything else. Like, is top notch. the The moment that I like, people talk about crying in the movie, and they yeah. like they're talking about when uh the mom America Ferreira has her little monologue towards the end, yeah, where she's talking about what it's like to be a woman and a mom in the real world, and all that, which is a very very powerful monologue. Absolutely, but it's the, the moment for me is when Barbie is experiencing the real world and she's sitting on that bench by the old woman mm-hmm. and like she's just sitting there for a minute and she's just observing like kids playing on a playground and the wind blowing through the trees and this old lady next to her and she's just like you're beautiful and i was just like wow <laughs> this, like, wow. this is amazing <laughs> yeah oh my gosh <laughs> like she's experiencing the beauty of life for the first time mm-hmm. and like they're like what makes the world beautiful i was like wow <laughs> yeah I can't. I can't with right now. Yeah, go ahead. Can I make a? That's all I have to say about the movie. Can I make a wild and baseless accusation? Yeah, sure. Uh, against me? No, no, no. Against uh, oh. <laughs> against the Barbie movie. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. Greta Gerwig saw the movie Soul, and mm. watched the scene where um, what's her face, who's living in Joel, Joe's body? Oh yeah. Watches she eats the pizza and stuff. she watches the little leaf fall <laughs> off the tree. And she catches it in her hand and she's like, life is worth living for the first Mm -hmm. time. Like it's all, it's the little things. It's like that. Yeah. That immediately, that whole scene made me think of that the whole time I was watching. I was like, oh, they stole this. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't actually think that. That's a, that's a good, I feel like soul's a little bit underrated. People didn't. Oh, that movie is so good. It's because they dumped it on Disney Plus and they didn't release it in theaters and yeah, nobody yeah. saw it. So well, nobody goes to the theater. So whatever. It's true. Um, Very good movie. I oh my other thing was I was really hype for Ryan Gosling's song and then it happened and I was like, didn't really that didn't really do it for me, man. I was just oh, like, really? it was a little bit disappointing. Like, <clears throat> I like his um, I love his character arc, um. And let's just be let's just let's just be upfront about the fact that like we're not uh we're not the Ben Shapiro's of the world that are out there 
freaking burning Barbies and being like, this movie is a crusade against men and it mm-hmm. hates men and it's feminism propaganda that wants to... It's a very positive kill, message for men, too. It wants to kill everybody. Let's just let's set the record straight, guys. Mm-hmm. This this movie has a very positive message towards men. Um, and it... For, for everybody, okay? Like, yeah. <laughs> it literally... It, it highlights some things that men do sometimes that are bad and those things happen. So, like... Why are you why are you mad about it? Yeah. Do you do those things? You should probably stop doing those things if you mm-hmm. do. If you don't, cool. <laughs> like it's fine. Right. It's not saying it's not saying you are bad. It's saying people who do bad things are bad. Anyway. Right. Uh Ken Ken Ken's um character arc is great because he like he lives in a world that is you know, it's it's run by women, right? Right. <laughs> like it's Barbie world, and he's just Ken, which is which is the whole thing. Uh, when girls play with Barbies, and Ken is the is generally the you know the an accessory is yeah. his character arc. Like he feels like he's just an accessory to he's Barbie, just Ken. and his life his he's just Ken. His life revolves around him being noticed by Barbie or whatever. And so he goes to the real world, and he discovers the patriarchy, and he's immediately. like wow. immediately, yeah. He's like, men have so much power I, here. I feel, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I just feel respected. Yes. <laughs> Validated. Yes. I loved, um, yeah, all that stuff where he was like, she asked me, th- she asked me for the time. <laughs> like, yeah. she respected me. He's like, do you have the time? He's no. Like, no. <laughs> and he's obsessed with like, he, this version of masculinity that's like cowboys riding horses. Right. And so he thinks horses are just like the most masculine patriarchy thing to ever yeah. have. So he, he goes back to bar, to Barbie world and he's like, being a man is drinking brewski beers with your bros on the beach playing volleyball and riding your horse to your house where you wear cool clothes and play pool <laughs> mm-hmm. and all this sort of stuff. And they, I, I love the, there's a, Zack Snyder's Justice League reference. They're yeah. like, uh, they've turned in, the Kens have turned into people obsessed with Zack Snyder's Justice League, which was very funny to me. Yeah. Uh, terminally online people. Uh, and the, which graphic makes an appearance. He's one of yeah. the supporting Kens. Which one is of the main funny. side Kens. He's, uh, he's sitting with his Barbie watching The Godfather and they're talking about how like, how to distract these men. And it's like, oh, just ask him, Ask him what him the Godfather seen, is about. Yeah. Tell him you haven't seen <laughs> You haven't seen The Godfather? Can you explain it to me? Yeah. And they're like, you haven't seen The Godfather? <laughs> <laughs> I loved all that stuff. And when they're singing that song on the beach or whatever, that's all great stuff. Yeah. But then it's like his, his character arc is, uh, Barbie essentially teaches him that his worth is not, uh, <laughs> he's laughing over here. Sorry. I don't know if you can hear that. I can't hear her. Oh. I wish I could. Okay. She should join the podcast. She is asleep. Oh. <laughs> but she, she's making some noises. Oh, that's funny. Uh, we'll cut that out so she's not embarrassed. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ken's character arc is like, Barbie teaches him that um, what like, you know, a lot of the the message towards boys is like your your worth is measured by your like power through your success through 
you know, sports or achievement, like just work, like being a powerful man, like making lots yeah, of money. The provider. And the provider and the sort of thing. Um, and she essentially teaches him that he's, you know, it's not what you do or what you have. It's like who you are and whatever. And whatever. Um, you might be able to, <laughs> you, might, you might explain that better than me. Uh, and I liked all of that. What yeah. I started saying that because I didn't like the song. Uh, because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like the song because it happens before his character arc is concluded. And like, usually in like musicals, you'll have like the song and then there's like a re a reprise or a reprise. Yeah. Uh, where it's like the, f- you know, so if I, if I were writing it, yeah, yeah, like that, the song I'm just Ken, where he's like, he's, he's still in his, in the mindset of like the patriarchy and like, this is awesome. And I'm, I'm just right. Kent, you know, and then he learns that he is Kenuff. He's Kenuff, and then he really needed a, a reprise where he's like, where the freight, like I'm just Ken, like I am Kenuff. I'm just yeah. Ken, and that's okay, and whatever, right? Or and whatever. I am Ken. I am Ken. Yeah, I don't know. It just, it, I was like, oh, I really wanted more from from this from yeah. the musical. It kind of felt like um, part of it. Like they had his resolution and then they threw him to the side and they're like, okay, Barbie now. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, it's Barbie's movie. So it's It's true. So true. So true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. I've talked far too long about that. Uh, Well, it's good. You were talking, you were talking good. Talking good. You were talking good, making good word. Making good word, do good stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Happy times. Good things. Happy times. Do good stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about the best movie ever made. Yeah, okay. So um, we watch Oppenheimer, right? And this is, this is I don't know how to explain it, you guys. Uh, but I wrote it all down. Oh, good. So <laughs> Read verbatim. Um, I genuinely might. I, I wouldn't um, blame you. Basically, the... So, okay, so I don't know anything about Oppenheimer. I mean, I know, like, he's a father of atomic bomb. He tried to poison yeah. his, allegedly tried to kill his uh, student aide with an apple. Um, he takes it back. He takes he it back. He had an affair with uh, Kitty. He sure did, with Florence Pugh. Yeah, yeah for sure. Two times. Ayo. And, Probably um, more than that. He also had an affair with oh, that older woman, apparently. Yeah, apparently. He was a bit of a, he was a, bit of a playboy. If you will, a little bit. All um, while uh, creating the atomic bomb, which yeah, is like just wow. on the side. Like, how do you that. even? How do you even? Without have time? security clearance, <laughs> for most of that time. Yeah, 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 yeah. The he's a cool guy. You know? He's a great guy. Um, Probably with strong allegedly values, which we love. Um, <laughs> sure, <laughs> we all love it here. We all love that. I'm a big fan, personally, <laughs> at least. Um, Welcome to Quarter Twins Weekly Review. The podcast is only one question. Really strong leftist leaning values. <laughs> yep, really strong. Yeah, yeah, that's us. Loving that. Um, let's seize the means of production. Um, so I'm sitting Burn in the movie. <laughs> you didn't hear that from me. We're in the patriarchy um, for sure. Let's do that. I'm okay with that. I don't want to be um, a patriarch. I cook and clean every day. Heck yeah, bro! <laughs> Just let's my do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just doing what I can for the people that I love. That's right. That's right. That's right. 
So here's what I want to say about Oppenheimer, okay? Okay, I'm ready for it. I'm watching the movie, and like, obviously the the music is good, and the performance is good, and and mm. you know the the plot is good, and the script is good. Everything is great, right? The the sure. the the literal everything that makes a movie a movie in this movie is good. It's so movie. Um, it is so, so like, movie. You're watching it, and maybe, uh, like your personal experience of like watching the plot unfold and like how everything is done, uh, may not be perfect for you. You may not love it. It may not like the story of how Oppenheimer made the atomic bomb. Night might not be like, wow, I I love the story that was told, right? Mm. And so like I'm watching this movie and like okay. I get that this is like an important thing that happened and like it makes it's, you know, in terms of history, like one of the most historically impactful events. Right. Probably. Yeah. Um, one of the most top, top five. five. (laughs) If we're making a tier list of the most impactful events in history, (laughs) it's, it's it's S tier. Um, It's not like, it's not like a thrilling uh, thing for me. I wasn't like excited about the story of Oppenheimer, right? His sure. life. Um, I was excited for Christopher Nolan's next movie starring Killian Murphy. Let's go. And I was like, yes, let's do that. Where's Tom Hardy? Uh, he, he did not make an appearance. But that's <laughs> he did okay. not appear. Um, so I watched Mad Max Surprising. a couple days later. Um, so I could get my Tom Hardy in, but he, all he did was grunt. So, um, yeah, didn't love I mean, that that's movie. like, that's one of like, people say it's one of the best action movies ever made. I mean, I it was fun. It, so yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I was just excited to be a part of the movie and like witness the movie and think about how it was made and, and yeah. you know. All the structure of stuff, because that's how I... 70 millimeter IMAX, man. You're seeing yeah. that for the first time. I'm, I'm excited to, like, absorb it, rather absorb. than, like, think about the complex moral questions of creating the bomb and, like, <laughs> yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't, that stuff is for the second viewing, which I have moral scheduled quandaries. Saturday. I'm going to watch oh, Barbie and Oppenheimer again. Again? Together? I'm going to do a double feature again. So I'm excited about that. Madman. Yeah, I'm super hyped. Madman. But I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I'm watching the first. It's like kind of like the classic three act deal, right? There's like the beginning of Oppenheimer's Mm. life. It reminded me. It's like super fast. I don't know if you were feeling the pace that the movie was setting. Oh my gosh! So fast. But I was. We were zooming. There, like, I I remember sitting there. I was like, have they stopped talking? Like no, people have been talking, talking. To, like for an hour, the entire time. And also, I think music might be playing the entire time. Yeah, it was awesome. For three hours. It was. Yeah. It was so. And that's, da, da, bah, bah. that's pretty right? classic Nolan. Like he he has a pretty like usually the stereotypical like auteur director is like long takes, like long shots, like doesn't have very like like. Like that's what people gen like think of when they think of like pretentious quote quote pretentious movie making, uh, but Chris Nolan is always like he he cuts quick. Yeah, uh, all of like the Dark Knight movies, the editing is possibly, in my opinion, to a fault, very quick, especially in the action action scenes. Yeah, 
also with Tenet, I think, to a fault in some of the action scenes. Um, but yeah, I mean, from from the rip, it's just nonstop. <laughs> yeah. For, for, for a movie, which I think works... Sorry, you, you keep going. You keep going. Uh, okay, yeah. So I was just saying, like, uh, it reminded me of a movie called Theory of Everything, which is a, mm. the Stephen Hawking biopic, which is apparently wildly inaccurate, um, oh. uh, according to Stephen Hawking and his wife late wife i'm not sure um and then we go to los alamos in mm-hmm. in new mexico, new mexico where he combined physics and new mexico his two loves uh which is so fun for him so fun for, for him so fun for oppie we love that he for him to, he gets to ride his horse around and yeah. hang out with emily blunt right <clears throat> and uh so now we're watching um imitation game or uh, operation mm-hmm. mincemeat Right, so we're getting these these the classic wartime movies about a yep. secret mission about this. We thing gotta get this done. With military is all on their back about the secrets and the compartmentalization. It's this very similar, uh, yeah, yeah, kind of structured deal going. Um, those are also great movies, by the way. You should watch them. I think you, they're both on Netflix right now. Um, I don't have Netflix anymore. And then Netflix kicked me off my parents' account. So oh no. I still live with I'm not my gonna, parents, so... And I'm not I'm getting an account, that. because I know that's what they want me to do, and I'm out of spite. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So... Scary stuff. Um, and then we get to the third act, the last hour, best hour. Mm. Um, we're there getting the, the double, the trial-slash-hearing-slash-security-clearance-confirmation meeting. Um, yep. Neither one of them are actual trials, but there's, like, lawyer questioning, like, it's, yep. like, a thing, right? Um, and it's a, we're getting it's a whole thing. Yeah. And it's, it's giving a few good men. Okay. It is giving a few good men. Right. So yeah, you can't is, handle the truth. Exactly. That's what I was going for. Yeah. A, lo- a lot okay. of that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rami Malek is like, Hey, what's up guys? I thought I'd drop, just drop in and hit you guys with the best performance. Um, <laughs> there should be an Oscar for best performance with less than 20 seconds of screen time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's so many good actors in this movie that barely get anything to do, and they are all giving it 110. They are. Josh Peck hovering his hand over the button. Amazing. Yeah. I didn't expect, um, I didn't expect, gosh, what's his name? Uh, The guy, um... Roderick Rules. plays... The guy who plays uh, Jack Quaid. I can't remember anybody's name. Jack Quaid is in there. Uh, the guy who plays Niels Bohr. Oh, that guy. I didn't. Uh, Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. I didn't know he was in it. I didn't know Casey Affleck appears Casey and he's Affleck terrifying. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this guy sucks, but he's an amazing actor. Dude, Gary uh, yeah, Oldman. Somebody, Gary Oldman is in it. I did not know he was going to be in it. Yeah, he his he had a funny role. Just being yeah. like, wow, this guy sucks. He's great. <laughs> Uh yeah anyway continue yeah so it was it was just fun to like the third act the best it was like it was like a bunch of different really good movies that I like uh put Mm -hmm. together um in one cohesive movie and it never felt like um this is it it never felt like it was three hours long like the first half was really fast and then we get this nice build in the middle and then it speeds up again through this like horror film sequence into the trial and like staring into Killian Murphy's crystal eyeballs. 
It was great. It was <laughs> yeah, perfect. It I loved it so much. Yeah, that, that's what I was saying about the editing. Like, I think, like, it's a three-hour movie, but the editing is brilliant in this case, where it makes you feel like not a like there's not a second wasted. Like every every second, something important is happening. So you're mm-hmm. you're never you never get to take a mental break and like even think about your phone or think about the time because yeah. it's just it's no just need. popping. Yeah, one, it's uh, yeah, one after the other. It's opping. It's oppy over yeah. here. Uh, yeah, I I definitely loved it. I I feel like it was it was different than I expected. Um, it's a Nolan film, so he, you know, it's a but this is his first biopic and his first true story. So I didn't I didn't know if he would do the usual like you know, messing with time or the timeline yeah. or like you know that's he did he did jump back and forth in time. Yeah, there's but not like a, and, like a continuity thing. On yeah, on on first viewing, like it was initially, <clears throat> well, I think it was just hard for me to, it was challenging to keep up with which, what part of Oppenheimer's life am I looking at right now? Am I looking at mm. his life from when he was a young guy in school, from the Manhattan Project days or the days after? Like they do, they do some like makeup uh, to make him look older or younger. Yeah. But especially like the younger stuff, it was really hard for me to like figure out like what what time period are we in right now? Right. Um, I, but I measured you, it you by kind of the catch length on of his and, hair. That's a yeah. That's a good point. His hair gets shorter as time goes. Um, yeah, I, <clears throat> I didn't. I knew that people were talking up Downey, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s mm-hmm. performance, uh, and I was like, okay, it, it can't be. Th- it can't be. Th- it can't be this good. Yeah, <laughs> like people are like, it's his best performance ever. He's gonna get an Oscar or whatever. Like to me, like because I didn't know the character I was playing. I didn't know any of his yeah, story. I, I never knew anything about. Strauss. In the trailer, it looks like, from the shots we see of him in the trailers, it looked like he was like a lawyer or something, and just like just in the courthouse scene, uh, at the end. So that's what I expect him to right. be. But this, but the movie is really like it's about Oppenheimer and this guy, Louis Strauss. Like it's about these two guys, mm-hmm. especially at the third act. It becomes um, all about about them. It was always Strauss. Yes. Because I, I think, and I, I figured out like, well, when they were promoting the movie, they they kind of they said that, um, like, the uh, there are parts of the movie that are in color and parts of the movies that are in black and white, and they mm-hmm. told us that the stuff in color was f- like you're inside Oppenheimer's mind, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily one hundred percent factual, subjective, and black yeah. and white is objective. Um, but the way he he uses it is also like the black and white scenes are always from Louis Strauss's perspective. Like we get the uh, the scene where uh, Oppenheimer is talking to Einstein at the pond, and Strauss doesn't hear what they say. But when uh, Einstein walks by him, he doesn't make eye contact, and this is what Strauss kind of obsesses over throughout the. Yeah. For the rest of his life. his life since that happened. For the rest of his life. Like, yeah. what did he say to Einstein? And we see that scene from different perspectives. Like, in black and white, it's, we're far away. We can't hear what they're saying because we're at Strauss's perspective. Yeah. And at the end, we finally get to hear uh, what, <clears throat> what he actually said to him. And what a conversation um, it was. I know. Like, we see that conversation at the beginning of the movie. 
And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what he said to him. And then mm-hmm. I kind of forgot about it for the rest of the movie. And then we kind of get reminded of it again. And I was like, oh, yeah, they're bringing us back to this. Like, that's interesting. Yeah. And then they bring, at the very end, I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> because it and, it, and it happens, and he says the thing, and I'm like, whoa. Wow. <laughs> it ended yeah. up, like, like, that conversation, the story, that it, it's the linchpin of the entire story of, like, it makes bringing, the whole movie. Like, Strauss's motivations are from, like, this, or partly because of this conversation that, like, just he obsesses over, and he... And he it it builds his ego like it he thinks the world revolves around him and whatever and he wants mm-hmm. to be like he wants to be Oppenheimer so he sets up this elaborate scheme to take him down and all this stuff and the conversation that they have is just like like uh, remember when we figured out that equation that we had ninety nine percent chance that if we ignite the bomb that we'll destroy the world and Einstein is like yeah I remember that day well and Oppenheimer was like I think we did I was like cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's a my metaphor, gosh. you guys. It's a metaphor, guys. He's speaking in metaphors. Because <laughs> then the movie ends, and you're reminded, oh, this is uh, this happened, and this is yeah. the uh, this is the world I live in, and it sucks. There are nukes, <laughs> and we're doomed. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Well, crap. <laughs> but I, uh, all that to say. I agree with you that the third act is probably it's my favorite part of the movie because usually like biopics would have just ended at the two hour mark and then you get those like that text crawl where it's like after this point Oppenheimer went to this court proceeding and this would and Louis Strauss uh, ended up being disgraced because he was exposed for whatever but yeah. this movie is like actually we're gonna show you that in great detail and it's gonna right. be awesome <laughs> yeah it, we're gonna it have an entire hour test it, it, yeah. it honestly yeah. it could have they they'd be like let's do this bomb yeah. and then like the end of the movie is them taking the two bombs like driving off with them on the trucks it could have yeah. ended the movie mm-hmm. there and then like it'd be this like ambiguous like Oh my gosh, what have we done? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But then they're instead they're like, let's do an entire extra hour and show you all the aftermath yeah. from Oppenheimer's viewpoint. This is yeah. something uh um a lot of people have brought up is that there's no pers- like we never see Japan, there's no perspective yeah. of the bombs going off or anything. I think the point of that is that the People who made the bomb are so far removed from the actual war, yeah. That it they like it's not even something they think about until they see the slideshow and they until see, after. right? They they do have a scene yeah. in the movie where they show they don't show the, the viewers, yeah. but the characters see the slideshow of images of like burn victims and the aftermath of the explosions <clears throat> and yeah. I mean Oppenheimer can't even look. Right, yeah. it's so what is that, horrific. What does that do to a person? You know. Yeah, he um, did that. You know, and it's it's like the the scene where they're you know they're deciding where to drop the bombs, and I don't remember who the who the guy is who's like in, Secretary of Defense or something, right? Secretary of Defense, who's like, uh, we could drop it on Kyoto, uh, but um, my wife and I honeymoon there, and it's very beautiful, so we won't do it there. It's like yeah. that's like Oppenheimer that's crazy. is crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. And even because it's the the whole moral quandary of it is like like yes, 
we can win this war by doing this, but at mm-hmm. what cost? And like, like somebody has to make a decision. Of like, who they have so much power to decide who lives and who dies, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're just like, ah, I like that place. Eh, I'll just sounds good. Eh, I'll drop it on Nagasaki instead. Yeah, uh, it's insane. Um, not that we should have dropped it anywhere, but like. It's yeah. It's just it's interesting. It it shows you like the, the people who made the bomb, like general, like they care a little bit more. Like they're like, and they show you that in the conversation with President Truman, where like Oppenheimer is like, yeah, I, he's like he, essentially he's like, I feel like I've doomed the world, and like we shouldn't have done this. And Truman's like, listen, man, you didn't drop the bomb. I dropped the bomb, and like. The so politics of it is like, like we like, politics of it says like it doesn't matter who dies. We we won the war like, and that's good. I guess is is what they think, but they yeah. don't. Uh, they can't actually stop and think about the implications or, because um, it's also like the whole. <laughs> it's I can't imagine be actually being in that situation where it's like, like we America. We're not the only ones trying to build this bomb. Everybody else is also trying to build these bombs. And so if we don't get to it first, they're going to use it on us probably. Right. So shouldn't we build it to defend ourselves? But also if we do, <laughs> that's not good probably. Nobody should be doing this, but it's already, it's, it's already happening and we're right. already screwed. <laughs> so we're, yeah, we're, it's a bummer for sure. Well, it's like um, way at the beginning of the movie... Um, they get like a, I don't know if it's a newspaper, a newsletter or something. One of the students at the college comes up to Oppenheimer and the other professor and he's like, they did it in Russia. They split the atom and it like, they replicate the experiment. They see that, they see that it does two neutrons, right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, chain reaction immediately their first thing they think is like it's a bomb we can build a bomb let's do it let's go and they're like it's it's over it's done like at that point international summit everybody bans this science from ever happening that's the only way to prevent this from getting to like nuclear crisis everybody has nukes it's like we just have to ban this we we cannot do this put it in the geneva convention it's done yeah. But they're like, no, Russia did it. They're going to build a bomb. We have to build a yeah. bomb. Even we if they're to. not, we have to build it anyway because they might be. Yeah. And they're thinking the same thing. So that we're both going to build a bomb. And then we both actually have bombs. And then we're going to use the bombs. And now and the world is screwed. <laughs> yeah. And now everybody has bombs and we're screwed. And now we just have all these bombs. <laughs> and we're, they're everywhere. We're just, we're just sitting on them. They're everywhere. We have so many of them. Like, can we stop making those, please? <laughs> yeah. Why? And why are we still making more? Like, and I had this. We like, already have was, enough to destroy Earth. Yeah. We're not using them. We don't need them. <laughs> <laughs> I had this moment driving home where it's like, like, I know that it's it's more nuanced than just like the president can't just push a button and send a nuke somewhere. Like it's like there's chains of command that yeah, have yeah. to happen before we can send a nuke somewhere. But at the same time, like guys. We are putting people in office that have control of these, like, weapons. Like, all other issues aside. All other issues aside. (laughs) 
nuclear weapons we have, and we're just electing whoever. <laughs> like, it's, we're putting a Donald Trump, okay? We're putting him in charge <laughs> of these weapons. Like, what are we, even we're putting anybody in charge of them is insane. Like, we yeah. shouldn't have them in the first place. I just, <laughs> that's the most scary thing about it. It's like, we, like, they no exist human and they're real. should ever have this many, if any, of these bombs. But we have lots. <laughs> we got so many. We got so many. We have a stockpile, even, yeah. probably. Oh, yeah. And uh, aliens are real, so that's great. <laughs> According to did you see the that one, uh, that one guy? <laughs> did you see the picture? One of the pictures they released, and it's like literally um, Michael Shannon's ship from Man and the Man of Steel. <laughs> yeah, like aliens mm, have come. To I Earth. don't think that's real, you guys. You are not alone, he says. Yeah, we uh, the real world is not as fun as Barbie Land, and that's what I learned. <laughs> gosh darn it! <laughs> gosh, gosh darn it! We need to play with our toys better so that they can live fulfilling lives. Yeah, yeah. I did think, like, uh, the, what I, th- I think they're a good pairing, Oppenheimer and Barbie, because Oppenheimer kind of puts, like, it, it kind of shows you humanity's worst. Like, it's, like, this, we, we were at our worst. Like, we, we, created, oh, yeah. we created the thing that could, lit- could destroy everything. Right. And we did it. We just kind of did it on a whim. They were just like the 99% literally thing. They as were like, soon as it was discovered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they did it they as could. soon as possible, as fast as possible, with even a 1% chance of we detonate this one bomb and it's all over. You know, right. this is in the 1940s, guys. And people are, and they had the opportunity to, they were like, oh, it could destroy the entire world. Let's test Let's it. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, it's so it, it it's like, this is this is one of the worst things we've ever done, but at the same time, like you can watch Barbie and like like Barbie, you can go outside and sit on a bench and observe beauty in the world, and mm-hmm. like and you have you know more personal because like I'm not personally conflicted every day about the nuclear bombs, <laughs> but I am like personally like conflicted every day about just normal everyday things and I have normal everyday emotions and you can experience beauty and ordinary things and like life on an individual level means something and like there's beauty in that while also there's also nuclear bombs (laughs) so it's but there is also nukes a double a double edged coin as I say the double (laughs) double edged edged coin coin. (laughs) sharp on both sides I uh, since we did a, did you have anything else you wanted to say? I, I think should, I'm I good. We're good. Since we have a double feature on our hand, uh, it lends itself to my uh, my famous game that we play, where I have oh. one star reviews and five star reviews of oh. Oppenheimer and Barbie. Um, so I'm gonna give you a one star review or a five star review, and you have to guess which one's from. Okay. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Fun times. Uh, <laughs> this is a one star review. It says, Hello. "Girl, whatever." <laughs> Did you hear that? Uh, One star review. Girl, whatever. Girl, whatever. (laughs) Girl, whatever. That's how I would say it. Is this a trick question? It could be. It's Oppenheimer. It is Oppenheimer, yeah. Yeah, see. (laughs) Can't trick me. Girl, whatever. (laughs) 
What does that even um, mean? I don't know. I just thought you it was mean. funny. Girl, whatever. What do you mean? <laughs> this one's uh, this one's obvious, but I thought it was funny. He says, uh, well, this is a one-star review. Um, I actually think I invented the atomic bomb after a week-old Taco Bell. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, same, 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 same. He blew it Pretty up. Pretty funny. Atomic bombs are hilarious. So funny. Uh, uh, Five-star review. Utterly sublime that this mm. is actually a real film that got made and exists. Lots of exclamation points. It's got to be Barbie. It's got to be Barbie. Sublime. The sublime line. Sublime. That was, that was the hard. That was a, such a hard laugh for me. Because like yeah. he he's he walks behind the door and you're like okay he's gonna do his little scream <laughs> he's like let me be cool about it and then go around the corner and yell very obviously and right yeah, but then yeah, he yeah, says yeah. a word and the word he says is sublime <laughs> like <laughs> only Ken would say <laughs> yeah sublime sublime it was awesome so funny I thought so that funny. was so good. Um, five star review. This was bomb. <laughs> Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> of course. I'm on fire. You're on fire, dude. Um, nuclear. One star. <laughs> nuclear. Yeah. Nuclear. 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 <laughs> nuclear. Nuclear. I get it is wrong. Not every even time. a oh word. My God. <laughs> It literally isn't I'm, even a word. I'm thinking of nucleus. <laughs> the nucleus. Uh, one star review. Uh, yawn needed Family Guy or Slimes videos underneath so I could pay attention to this dog shit. White men are crazy, bro. <laughs> that is awesome. It's got to mm. be Oppenheimer. It is. It is. Needed family guy or slimes videos. <laughs> <laughs> Subway surfer. Uh, Kinetic sand. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, hilarious. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, five star review. What if Tony Stark is an insecure little bitch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like to that one. That was pretty clever. That's good. Yeah, pretty clever. <clears throat> let's see. Let's see. This one's obvious too. But uh, five star review. Ryan Gosling can sing, but Taylor Swift can never pull a Blade Runner twenty forty nine or Drive. Mm. Or Nice Guys. It's got to be Barbie. But uh, I just thought that I thought it was interesting to think of a Taylor Swift version of Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, like that would <laughs> that would be something else. I would probably would go see be that. Probably to be not totally great. Honest. Probably not great. She's she's fine though. I guess seems like an okay person. Is she an Maybe. actress well, I though. Know. I I don't know. She's she's in things sometimes. She's in Cats. Okay, but uh, does that really count? One star review. I have a feeling, I have the feeling that we all agreed at one point, maybe in a dream, to pretend that this was a good idea for some kind of greater good. I just can't remember now what the greater good was. Oppenheimer. End, end quote. I gotcha this time. Uh, that was a Barbie review. What? Yeah, what I is gotcha. the greater good of watching? I thought I thought we agreed maybe in a dream that this was for some kind of greater good, maybe for feminism. That a lot of the one side, the one star mm. reviews were like mm, feminism. 
gross. So yeah, I I, I didn't have much to choose from because most of them were just really dumb. Those guys suck. Like, uh, I'm a I'm a boy and this sucked. I'm the guy who likes Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> Five star review. I I'm stressed. My head hurts and I have lots of thoughts right now. But this is one of the best cinematic experiences of my life. Barbie. No Oppenheimer. I got you again. Yeah. <laughs> Dang nabbit. All right. I don't know what to say. I'm just staring into the abyss. That's a five-star review. Oppie. <laughs> it's got to yeah, be yeah, Oppie. Yeah. I was staring into the abyss for sure. Dude, so was Killian. Like oh, 20 man, that times. reminds me. <clears throat> that reminds me when I... Because uh, I haven't had this experience of a packed theater in a long time, as we've said, mm-hmm. but I forgot the part, the part of the movie-going experience where the movie's over and we all walk out together. And the things that people were saying after Oppenheimer just made me, just made me really, it just made me giggle. It was just like, people were just like, yeah, that was really good. I, um, uh, I uh, haven't seen uh, Christopher Nolan do much since um, the, the Dark Knight. I, just, uh, <laughs> I think he's a pretty good, uh, did he direct this? Did he direct, did Christopher Nolan direct this? Yeah, I think he did. I think he did, yeah. <laughs> like, stuff like that was like, like, oh yeah, Robert Downey Jr., yeah, Iron Man, yeah, it's pretty, yeah. <laughs> stuff pretty, like yeah. <laughs> this cracks me up. They're trying so hard, you know? <laughs> They're trying really hard, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those poor people. Uh, yeah, it's a fun time for sure. Yeah, my favorite All thing right. about the th- the movie theater now is um, immediately after the credits start rolling, I open my phone, tweet my quarter <laughs> twins score, and then write a letterbox yeah. review. <laughs> and we finish Oppenheimer. Yes, the guys, the two guys sitting next to me. Both pull out their phones and start writing reviews on Letterboxd. Oh my gosh! And I was like, That's "Hey, awesome. you too, man. <laughs> you all follow me? <laughs> let's so follow fi- each other. Five stars, right? Huh? Five stars. Let's that was go. Pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. So it was a good time for an update for everybody. Um, I watched uh, Silence of the Lambs the other day. Oh, um, in an effort to determine um, whether or not Oppie could slip right into the top ten immediately, and I mm-hmm. actually. Will say that it did. It did slid in there. I gave the I 10. gave Silence of the Lambs four and a half, and all of my top ten movies are five stars. So, Oppie slipped right in there. I had to downgrade Prisoner of Azkaban randomly. Gave that one five stars when I was reviewing all of the. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, when I was reviewing all the Harry Potter movies, higher than yeah. Order uh, 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 Half Blood Prince. Half Blood, yeah. Which is. Far and away the best mm. movie in the franchise. It is, it is, it is. I don't think any of those movies are five-star movies to be No, told. absolutely not. No. But I'd give Half-Blood Prince four. Oh, yeah, for sure. Order of the Phoenix. Sure. Me. Huge fan. I think I give that one three. That's okay. It's fine. I think I'm, I'm also thinking about shying away from the half-stars. Yeah. Uh, I think it just muddies the water a little bit too much. It depends. It's what, when I think about it in terms of like 10 out of 10, I'll give it right. like that, a that, half star to that's do whatever. True. That's true. Yeah. yeah. 
That's why, and I usually like okay, two and a half stars on Letterboxd is like it's in the middle. It's like an average. So then I kind of judge from there. Like, is it worse than the middle, or is it better than the middle? That's Here's your bamper Also, you never tweeted your Barbie score, so I still don't <laughs> I know didn't. what you think. I uh, the reason is I deleted Twitter and then I re-downloaded it because I was curious if this X thing had taken effect. Oh yet. yeah. If I needed to update or whatever, and it hadn't, but I don't have that login saved, so I couldn't log oh. back in after after those movies. I was like, oh, whoops. I'll have to figure that out for you. Yeah. I know her username, 25PCT, 100%. Nope, 100PCT. There you go. 25% PCT, 100% PCT. That's right. Um, so we uh, we witnessed... Uh, the end of 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 a show. The next great Marvel installment, you guys. <laughs> the seventh is it the seventh Marvel TV show? I literally Maybe? don't know. I think it's I, the I could not show. tell you. Are you counting it's what a, if? <clears throat> uh, no. So. Doesn't anybody count, count what, what if. if? What if? I don't think most people liked it. That's lame. Like you're like. You're one of the few people who liked it. Um, but Nobody yeah, Secret Invasion has hates Secret Invasion has come and gone, and the general uh, reception is uh, well, that was bad. <laughs> yeah, we we liked because I I do feel like um, it started fairly strong. Like the mm-hmm. first episode, what I remember of it was pretty okay, and like all the stuff with Ben Mendelsohn's character. And Nick Fury and some of Nick Fury's conversations with Rhodey were good, and then you, you and then everything with the villain Gravik, a great villain, great villain name. It's just like, what are we doing? Trash, <laughs> garbage. Because the idea of a secret invasion story is like what they what they said it was is like. The scrolls are everywhere. You don't know who anybody is. They've like climbed the ranks of political power, and they're. Uh, but really, it's just like it's like a group of fifty guys, just yeah. like in a warehouse, and they're just like sometimes they'll go outside and blow up a bomb, and that's it. Yeah. But like, and World and there's War a scroll. Three, like, Rhodey is a scroll. Apparently, since 2016 and Civil War, which. Like I've never cared about Rhodey as a character. I've always thought he's annoying and not interesting. But every interesting thing he's done since Civil War is apparently just nothing because he's a scroll. Mm-hmm. Except for that one funny. time where he complained about Captain Marvel not being there for Earth. Mm, yeah. Because that has stake in it because he's a scroll. I guess. I suppose. Didn't think about that, did you? I didn't think about didn't that. Didn't think about at that all. random interaction <laughs> in that movie you couldn't remember existing. It's called Infinity War. One of yeah. your favorites. It's really, it's really good. Actually, I should that was watch it again. Yeah. Should watch. I should watch both of those. Yeah, because they're good. They're pretty you. good. Okay. Cool. Um, Just find six hours. I think I think the the show as a whole, like it's it's also just at a. At a time in the cultural Hollywood landscape of like the whole AI intro thing 
mm-hmm. and it's it's happening during a writer's strike, and the show is like just disgusting and written really badly. Well, it's not written that badly. So in the some script points. is like one of the only good things. Exactly. Yeah, but it just feel it feels gross for some reason, and it it feels kind of gross because it's like, especially at the last episode, there it, it becomes increasingly more clear that they're just like they don't care. They're not trying to. They're not trying to do anything interesting mm-hmm. with these these characters. Like, okay, let's talk about let's just talk about the last episode. So, uh, <laughs> he at the the penultimate episode, the fifth one, we find out that Nick Fury has. <laughs> I don't even remember Nick the Fur- fifth episode. Nick, we find out that Nick Fury has a little vial about about oh, yes. like two inches tall filled with a little liquid that has the DNA of every single Avenger, every, like, super-powered villain that's been on Earth, or not even. He has a DNA of pretty much just every super-powered character we've ever seen in the MCU, just in this little vial. And that's what Gravik wants. Because he wants to pipe it into his blood and become a super, 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 super boy. Whoa. Uh, and have all the powers of all the powerful peoples. Mm-hmm. And so in the last episode, Nick Fury wal- waltzes in and is like, here you go, man. You can have it. I don't and he's like, that. cool. And the list of characters, let me list them off here, that we see. You know, this is there's more than this. Uh, the DNA of Ghost, which is... Mm-hmm. The villain the from cool Man and the Wasp that phases and whatever. Mm-hmm. Steve and Bucky, which <laughs> are the I don't know why they're listed together in this Steve list. And, oh, Steve and S- Bucky. Super Soldiers. S- Steve and Bucky. I thought, yeah, I, I was like Steve and <laughs> Bucky. Who is that? <laughs> Super Soldier DNA. Corvus Glaive. If you if you could tell me who that is. Oh my who gosh, is that? Corvus. Corvus sounds like Glaive. a dude. Sounds like a guy in uh, like the Daredevil movie. He's the guy in Infinity War that shoves the scepter through the Vision. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, the skinny guy. Yeah, the skinny guy. Okay. Uh, Corvus Glaive, Thanos. 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 Thanos is DNA. Right on, guys. What are we? The Outriders, which are the little running around. The guys on the game. motorcycles and from Tatooine. Yes. Cool. Proxima Midnight, which is the evil girl. Captain Marvel, that you know, the most powerful being in the universe. Yeah. Uh, Abomination. Mantis. Cole Obsidian, <coughs> which is the big, the big boy in Infinity War. Drax. Korg. A rock man. <laughs> we have his DNA. Got it. A guy. They got DNA out of rocks. Okay. Ebony Maw. That's the Frost Beast. Frost Beast. Frost Beast. Hulk. The Chitari. Frost Beast. The Frost Beast from Thor. And Thor the Dark World at the end. They bring it to Earth and it's like, rah. You haven't seen that movie in a while, I bet. (laughs) I don't remember a Frost Beast. The Chitari. The aliens from the first one. Valkyrie. Who's been on Earth for only the endgame finale. Just an Asgardian. Just as Guardian Thor, he has the DNA of a literal god in this thing. Or uh-huh. I, I suppose a literal demigod, I suppose. Uh-huh. Uh, Gamora, Groot, and possibly more. 
So, Possibly. So, okay. So, so, they use this thing, and Gravik gets the DNA of all these people, and so mm. does Nick Fury. And, he, and Nick Fury, like, pulls out an actual, like, his arm turns into the Hulk's arm, and he punches Gravik, and then you're like, oh, no, it's actually Amelia Clark in there as Nick Fury. And so now Amelia Clark has all and Gravik are the most powerful beings in the entire universe. And then uh, Amelia Clark kills Gravik, and then it's just like, and Nick Fury's like, uh, Nick Fury just leaves the planet again. And the president is like, hey, Skrulls, we're coming to kill you. We're going to kill we're you gonna, all. We know where you are. We know how to find you. We know you're here. We're going to kill you. And then it's like, oh, there's a war starting. And and it's like, wow, I can't wait to see this war between the humans and the Skrulls. But it's over. And they're ne- it's that's it. The yeah. show ends. It's over. <laughs> the show's over. It's literally done. And it's... That's it. So, like, like, what if this was the first half? Yeah, like I've said this with most of the MCU shows. The last episode is like that's a really good mid-season finale, mm-hmm. but then it's just over, right? And we'll never see anything from it again, probably. Yeah. Because will we ever see Gaia again? Nope. Will we? I ever would literally. See what's her face again from MI6? No, I doubt it. Will we see Nick Fury's wife again? No. No. Oh. It's but just they and on top of that, it's just a really bad show. <laughs> it's just it's, it's just it's, really bad. It's honestly so sad because you watch all these Marvel shows and every single time they get your hopes up a little bit because the first couple episodes you're like, okay, like there's something here, maybe. And then eventually they always fail just yeah, at, they really as a do. whole. It's like they forget. They, well, it's not like they forget. It's like, we talked about this last time where it's like, they, they're like, we're going to give you guys the opportunity to make this really like gritty spy thriller, secret invasion where you can mess with like shape shifting and like mm-hmm. paranoia and not knowing who anybody is. So they start doing that. And then like halfway through making the show, they're like, hey, did we tell you you only have six episodes and you have to wrap it up with like uh, the thing called the harvest that has the DNA of all of these, like like all super powered people that have ever existed. And like you have to put it into Nick Fury and then you have to put it in Gravik and, and it has to be a big CGI battle at the end. Did we tell you that? And they're like, oh, yeah. we got to do that, I guess. So we'll put that in the last episode. Yeah. It's just, it's sad. <clears throat> yeah. Because like... I want this to be a cool show where they just, it's like a bunch of guys sitting and talking and try to convincing each other about the truth and what the truth is. Mm. And like Oppenheimer, for and example. They, they just can't help themselves but make a big, dumb CGI fight instead. They're like, people right. won't watch our show if it's bad, so let's make it bad. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. It's the worst. I don't get it. It is the so worst. another one, another let's, Marvel show down the drain. How many shows have survived? Um, how many shows are good? What do we have? We have Falcon and Winter Soldier is fun, but is it good? Uh, Loki opinion, is good. Yes. Miss Marvel is Loki perfect. Is really good. I disagree. <laughs> and then uh, we have Moon Knight is pretty good. Five out of six. Yep, five out, of, five out of six for sure. 
And then everything else is like mid or bad. Yeah. And it's Which just, is, you know. You know. Well, a lot of people like WandaVision. There are those people. And those people. A lot people, of people like WandaVision. Yeah. Those people are incorrect, maybe. <laughs> and I do think Loki is the only show with a satisfying ending. Because all the rest, like, even I love Fal- like Falcon and Winter Soldier is in my top 10 uh, Marvel projects. But the last episode is like, it, it kind of like, it, it kind of takes John Walker's character back a few steps and like it does things really quickly. Like it's rushed for sure because they mm-hmm. have to fit in all the Flag Smasher stuff. It's not a satisfying conclusion. Yeah. There's always uh, one I too many Loki's, things. Loki builds from episode one, builds to the moment of meeting he who remains at the right. end and they meet him at the end and you get a lot of time with him before he dies. And he's and really at good. And you're like, and you're like, Whoa, <laughs> this is hardcore. And then, you know, Jonathan majors. So yeah. I was like, well, that's a bummer, but <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Just go ahead and wrap us up. All right, guys, gotta, this is my been dog probably pooped in the living room. Um, we love movies and yeah. we love people. <laughs> What's happening next? Probably. I don't know. Uh, Fast and Furious slideshow. Oh, we've been putting this off for I have, yeah. a while, and I think I it's probably, yeah. I think it's about time that you hit us time. up with that. I'll otherwise, otherwise we can we can talk about something else. But yeah, yeah. Um, getting hype for Blue Beetle, you yes, guys. Blue Beetle Battalion, let's go, boys. Blue Beetle Blazalian. What's a Beltagar Balthazan or whatever? Black Agar Boltagon? Black Agar Boltagon. Yeah. Great character. We'll see you guys next week for episode 60 of the Quarter Twins podcast. The only Quarter Twins podcast with one question. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, guys. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week so much. See you. See you guys next week so much. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem comes out. Yeah, we need to watch that. I'm actually excited for that. That looks good. It looks really good. It looks really good. Mm -hmm. Gran Turismo. Not seeing that. No. Meg 2, The Trench. I'm not watching the Meg. Oh, The Marvels, November 10th, if it doesn't get delayed. Yes! 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 (laughs) Please! Please! I'm I'm out. I'm outie. All right. See you guys. See you so much, all the time. See you so much.